Hi, I'm Amber and welcome to the Lone Star Keto Podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us, Jill Foos. She is a functional medicine health coach and an integrative nutrition coach, as well as a fellow MeetRx carnivore coach. Welcome, Jill. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Amber. So nice to see you. Absolutely. Okay, so let's get started. Why don't you give us a little bit of background on you? I am a certified functional medicine and integrative nutrition health coach. So I have two separate um, certifications. So a health coach is someone who helps clients change lifestyle habits. And we're always looking to help the client come up with their own self-motivation to reach their goals. So that's what I focus on. I live in Chicago where I have my health coaching business. I work with clients one-on-one, small groups, uh, corporate health as well. And I'm also a recent MeetRx certified coach. So I'm really excited to join that community. I have five kids who are all grown. So nobody's at home anymore, which is um, a very happy feeling for me. (laughs) And I have two kids and I love being active. I am a diehard weight resistant workout person. And, um, that's it. I love cooking, love creating recipes, find all that good stuff on my website. Yeah, I've kind of looked up some of your recipes. They look pretty yummy. That's for sure. I was going to ask you a little bit about that, but okay. Tell us a little bit about your health journey now, because you've had some kind of interesting things happen. I have, I have tried everything, just like all those people out there listening, right? I've, I've done the same thing. I was a vegan probably 30 years ago, moved into vegetarian. It's really interesting when you start, people who start vegan and come out of vegan, there's like a, a ladder, an escalator out of it, right? There's the vegan, vegetarian, paleo, keto, and then I hit carnivore. And that's my sweet spot. But all of this was, of course, over the course of maybe like, you know, three to four decades. I started on my health journey when I was 16 and not because of anything happening to me. It was more out of just an intrinsic curiosity about all these other ways of eating. And when I was 16, I was a a very athletic, high level horseback rider and competitor. And so I was very physical all the time, starting when I was like seven years old. And I always sort of attached connected the dots between how I ate and how I felt physically and how I performed in my sport. And when I was about 16, I just really wanted to get in touch with like mother nature, right? How did mother nature create all of this amazing food and what were we supposed to eat? What were we not supposed to eat? And I grew up in a middle-class community outside of Chicago called Highland Park. Um, I'm from a Jewish family. And so we ate, you know, a lot of bagels, a lot of noodle kugel, a lot of, you know, just heavy Jewish starchy food. And I never felt good. I never felt good after I ate it yet. I constantly went back for it. You know, I, it was like this addiction that early on I was so unaware of, but became more aware of it. And, you know, as I, reached about 18 and went off to college was really my first, you know, eye-opening experience of I'm on my own. I'm no longer in my sport. And I think I put on my freshman 15 
freshman year. And I was like, what the heck's going on here? Like, I always eat like this, but my exercise was taken away and my body was also changing. You know, every year we change, it's never going to be the same. And so it just led me throughout this journey of discovering what the optimal diet and exercise plan, because I was always exercising. What was that looking like for me? And so it just took me through different stages of different dietary theories until I landed in a place where I now at 53, decades later, I feel my best. Um, but there were a lot of health hiccups along the way. Um, if you want to go into those, we can talk about those too. Yeah, go ahead and mention some of those because we're going to okay. expand on them later. So, okay. The first big one I would say was when I was about 23, 24, and I had just gotten married and we, um, and I had just, I, I think I probably had one or two babies by then and I kept losing my voice. And so I finally went to the ENT and he felt around and he felt some lumps, some nodules. So I ultimately had to have half of my thyroid removed. Looking back on that, I wonder if I really needed my whole, my half, half of my thyroid taken out. But back then, you know, there wasn't all this science mm -hmm. on holistic healing. So that's what they did. You've got nodules, something's wrong with your thyroid. We're going to take half of it out. And now here's Synthroid. And you know, Synthroid is, I, I still have to take thyroid medicine because of having only half a thyroid, I'll always have to take that. But Synthroid didn't really work out so well for me. And it led me down paths of either losing immense amount of weight or putting on weight. And I, it was closer towards the spectrum of losing a lot of weight. So I was really thin and really lean, even though I ate. And I, and I ate a lot. I always loved food, right? So um, I dealt with a lot of side effects from an imbalanced thyroid. I dealt with mood disorder. I was constantly feeling anxious and depressed. And I had five children, so I didn't have time to deal with that. I had all these little kids. I had five kids under eight. And um, love them, but man, that was, that was, <laughs> that was a lot of work. <laughs> and I didn't really get to pay a whole, a lot of attention to my self-care and the foods I should be eating to nurture this half thyroid that is, you know, giving me certain side effects that were negatively impacting my life. Um, a few years later, after I believe my fourth child my, my ovaries stopped producing testosterone. And so how did I know that that was happening? After I had my fourth child, I felt really depressed, lost all of my libido, very low energy, uh, again, very much on the thinner side. And I went to my OBGYN and thank goodness my OBGYN was thinking outside of the box and said, let's test your testosterone because I can't tell you how many female clients I have that in middle age going through menopause, go to their OBGYN and complain about low energy or low libido, and they still don't get that testosterone tested. Women have testosterone. It's what gives us our zest for life. I had no zest for life. 
and it affected my marriage. It affected our sex life. Um, it affected how much we enjoyed each other and I, it made me miserable. So as a result of, I, so I got the test for the testosterone. It ended up that I had the testosterone of about an 89 year old woman at the time. And I was, I don't know, maybe 30. So that's pretty alarming. How could that possibly happen? So they put me on synthetic testosterone because back then, again, we didn't know about other ways to heal your low testosterone. And this synthetic testosterone just put me over the edge. It was, um, and we could, you can't, we couldn't control the levels. And so I was feeling very masculine. I was feeling aggressive and I gained a lot of muscle. Um, mm. Yeah, it made me very irritable and my libido was off the charts, like not and not in a good way, right? We want your libido to be in the right place for yourself, right? You don't want it too low and then you don't want it too high because for a woman, that means different things and it will create a hormonal imbalance with all of your other hormones. And so I was hormonally imbalanced for years until finally a friend of mine who was a um, naturopathic doctor suggested I go off the testosterone and she tried to heal me back with maca root. And maca root is an adaptogenic root. And so I was, I took that in powdered form in my smoothies for many, many years and got my ovaries to start making testosterone again on their own, mm. which was really incredible. So that was really my first exposure to holistic healing, having someone notice something, have a better, pers a different perspective and a better idea that fit my needs, got me off the synthetics and I felt better, not optimized, but better. Um, so those were two really big things that happened to me further down the road. I got used to taking blood work, having my blood work done, um, probably three to four times a year for many oh. years because I was so imbalanced. And then you start finding other things, right? I have the Alzheimer's gene. I have the MTHFR genetic mutation. Um, so I have things that create roadblocks into high into optimal health for myself. How am I going to achieve that? And I found the carnivore diet over uh, the, when we first shut down on, um, for the pandemic. And that's mm -hmm. when I found the carnivore diet. I said, you know what, I'm gonna try this. I was coming off the keto diet, which I felt good, but I didn't feel great. Mm -hmm. And the carnivore diet I was thinking to myself, oh man, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to have to take any of my supplements ever again, because this is the most bioavailable, nutritious diet on the planet. And it's going to do all the healing for me, but that wasn't the case for me. And, you know, I still have to take a routine of medical grade supplements, hormone replacement therapy, um, things to support my Alzheimer's Gene, things to support the MTHFR genetic mutation I carry. Um, so even though I'm eating the optimal diet for myself and I feel fabulous, I still have to support that because my body has so many roadblocks. Yeah. And see, that's, this is what I find so incredibly interesting. And in some parts of the carnivore community, it's almost like it, it you're shamed 
if all your issues aren't healed. Like if you have to take a medication or whatever, you're, you're kind of looked at like, well, maybe you're not doing the diet right. And, you know, I obviously I advocate for carnivore. I think it's an excellent, you know, lifestyle and has helped many, many people. I hear it every single day, but it, diet doesn't always solve the problem. No. So go into more about what you have to do because you're doing the best you can with your diet. Now, what, what do you do now? It's still not optimal. So what do you have right. to do? Well, I would say one of the things I had to do a few years ago when I started perimenopause was figure out how to balance my hormones, my estrogen, my progesterone, and my testosterone. And I think what's so important is finding the right doctor or practitioner for you, one that you can have a relationship with and have a goal and talk about those goals and talk about the long-term plan, the short-term plan and everything in between and stick with that person. And if there's something that you don't agree on or the approach the doctor's taking and it's not helping, move on. It's your life and you are entitled to find that person to be on your team to root for you and help guide you and co-pilot that journey. And I luckily have that person in my life. And so I don't go to a traditional doctor. I go to a functional medicine doctor. Um, what I have started, what I started with when I was going through perimenopause was adding testosterone to my routine. And I didn't have to replace my estrogen or my progesterone at that time, but I started with testosterone. And it's also really important when you're starting this type of plan and trying to balance hormones or your thyroid, whatever's going on, that you do it slowly and incrementally. Mm. So, because if you do all these things at once, you have no idea what worked and what didn't work. So very true. She, <laughs> she was very good about making sure I stayed patient and committed with myself and changed my mindset to be open to the idea that I'm going to need further support. So we just started step by step. The first thing was testosterone. And that really, really helped me. And I got to what form do you use? So I got testosterone pellets because okay. I don't do pellets anymore. Now I do a cream, but I did oh. pellets for um, two years and I really liked them because it's really easy, right? You get these pellets, maybe three, four times a year. But they hurt. They, oh, they don't hurt. They're put oh, in. Oh, it hurt me. I was bruised for you? two weeks, two weeks. My butt was so sore. Ooh. And then it got you're, to be where it was like, ugh. you're a sensitive carnivore. I guess a sensitive yeah. of my butt. <laughs> right. I didn't have that that experience, but one of the times I had the testosterone pellets and this can happen because it, again, all of these things take time to manage, right? You get it your first time, you see how it works. You might need a booster after 30 days and you see how long it lasts. And, um, one, I think it was my second time getting them that it put me over the 900 range, which as you know, the women, we want to be in like the 75 to 125 range, right? 900 like I have four boys who are like 18 to 26 that's where they are 
I didn't want to be like that. And the problem with the pellets for me was now I had to wait it out for them to oh, dissolve. Right. right. And, and just do their thing. You can't take them out. Right. Right. So that was, I, I still went back a few more times and had more pellets done. We managed the, the dose a lot better and it was great. I decided to switch to testosterone cream because I wanted to try something different. And I actually like it more because I can mm. um, play with the dose with the cream. So if I want a little bit more or want less, or I want to take a day off, I'm, I have more flexibility. Although I don't take a day off, I keep it going. So after the testosterone, um, always my thyroid was always number one because of my um, half a thyroid. So I always, that was always a priority. And I tried probably six different medications and combinations of medications until we found the sweet spot. But yeah. the sweet spot really wasn't completely found until I went carnivore, where I kept my dose mm -hmm. the same, but my diet changed. And my functional medicine doctor, I had a conversation with her before I went carnivore. And I also suggest that to people before you make a big change, have a conversation with your doctor. Don't just go off and make these changes because they could be harmful. And we want to make sure nothing you're going to be changing is going to be impacting other things you might be taking if you're on medication. And I was. So we had a conversation. She said, I fully support you. Um, go ahead and try it. Then let's take some blood work after 60, 90 days and see my blood work came back as good as it's ever looked. Things were just falling into place, but they wouldn't be falling into place if I just went carnivore and I didn't take the thyroid support. Right. And now I have the testosterone too. So for me, it was a combination of keeping all of these things together. After that, I found out that I had the MTHFR genetic mutation and most people don't um, know what this is, and most doctors don't test for it. But my doctor had a hunch that maybe there was something else genetically going on with me that was prohibiting me from optimizing all of my hormones. So she did this test, and she also did the Alzheimer's test, and that it, I'm positive for both. So those are also two big roadblocks. And so we dealt with those by incorporating supplements. So I would have to take things like zinc, selenium, uh, B vitamins. Um, I probably had like 15 that I was taking. And it, yeah, do I wanna take 15 pills every morning? No, I don't. But I did for a while so that we could see what would happen, right? You, it's always like a bit of trial and error. And my blood work was getting better and better each time. So we didn't really want to take things out. And I had read all the carnivore books before, you know, while I was in the middle of, in the beginning stages of going carnivore, you know, Paul Celadino and um, Dr. Sean Baker's information. And they all sort of say, you're not really going to need supplementation when you go carnivore because it's the most bioavailable mm -hmm. diet on the planet. But that wasn't the case for me. And um, so my doctor and I talked about all of my blood work and we decided to keep myself on the supplements. And um, the MTHFR genetic mutation is really interesting. So basically it's responsible for hundreds of different pathways and different jobs your body needs to deal with, right? On a daily basis. 
But one of the big ones is detoxifying and also converting folate into the bioavailable form of folate, which is methylfolate for your body. So there's, it's a genetic SNP, S-N-P. And don't even ask me to say the medical word because it's like <laughs> 30 letters long and I'll just completely butcher it. But so basically it inhibits certain pathways that you need working in your body to be optimized. I don't have that, never gonna have it. So now I need to work with what I have. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's interesting because um, there's the one of the most well-known doctors who's studied these genetic SNPs is Dr. Ben Lynch. And I read his book too. And he really suggests that you eat dark leafy greens because there's folate in dark leafy greens. Mm. Carnivore, you don't eat any greens, right? So I was at this crop this crossing, like, what do I do? I'm not supposed to eat the dark leafy greens, but I want to go carnivore. So I just said, okay, I'm just going to go carnivore and see what happens. Um, Everybody's different. You know, everybody's reaction to vitamins and minerals are very different and macronutrients. And it worked for me to stay on a strict carnivore diet with the support of my supplements and my other medications for my thyroid. And my blood work would slowly increase over time. And so I knew I was in a really safe zone. Then I ran into another roadblock, my hair shedding. Hair shedding is common among women who are going through perimenopause, menopause, thyroid issues, hormonal issues. I mean, there's a million issues out there, right? But these were mine. And so I was getting really frustrated with my hair shedding. And I had done PRP injections in my scalp to help regenerate the cells in my scalp for, to, to grow more healthy hair. And I did that three times and it is really painful. So PRP is, um, they pull your blood, they spin it and they pull out the, um, the protein in the blood and they have heard of this and they use that to re-inject it into your scalp. Mm. And it is really painful. And it's also very expensive. Didn't really Mm. work for me. So I have all these roadblocks. I had I have all this support by my, with supplements and with my bioavailable nutrient dense diet. And I was still having some symptoms of not being optimized. So then I decided, okay, let's do a micronutrient test. And what that does is it looks at your cells and it tells you if your cells are absorbing the available nutrients that you're giving it through your diet. And guess what? Here I am on this amazing diet. I feel great. My hair is still shedding in, in, you know, every few months. Right. And when I got my, I have my, um, results here and for my micronutrient testing, I'm functionally deficient, which is a level above deficient, right? I'm functionally deficient in so many of the nutrients we get from the carnivore diet. I was like, how could this be? Things like CoQ10, glutathione, B1s, B3, carnitine, cysteine, uh, folate, glutamine, serine, vitamin E. These are things that come from the carnivore diet, but my body was not absorbing them into the cells where they would be turned, converted into energy and help support all these different biochemical reactions that we have in our body every day for optimal health. And so I was 
was just like, what next? What other roadblock can I, you know, smash up against? So for me, my equation cannot ever just be diet alone. I will always need the support of supplements, pharmaceuticals for my thyroid, even though there, it's a better pharmaceutical for me. Um, I have to take pharmaceuticals. Um, and that's, you know, that's my equation and I feel great now. And maybe in a couple of years I'll retest and it'll look different because I'm going through menopause and everything changes. But right now I have to do these things for me to feel the way I want to feel. Okay. With your micronutrient testing, what did, what are you doing to combat that? Because you're already on the best diet you can do for your body. What, what are you doing? So what we did was for 90 days. So I'm about six weeks into a 90 day protocol that my functional medicine doctor wanted me to do. And I'm adding in different amino acid um, powders into my, you know, water every day. I'm adding in carnitine, arginine, glutamine, and leucine. And I'm also taking, um, oh, what's this spray that I'm taking? I'm spacing out on it, but I'll think of it. So I had to add in a few more supplements, which of course made me miserable because like it's, it's time consuming and I just don't want to do it, but I have what to do What are you going to do? Okay. The question I have is when you're not able to absorb the nutrients into your cells, is that not like somebody who's insulin resistant and can't you know, the cells are resistant to that insulin. Is it not the same thing? So it's I guess what my question, thing. okay. So uh -huh. by supplementing and giving more then the cells are able to take up more, it's just, you can't eat enough food to make the difference. I eat a lot of food and I eat a lot of high quality food. And no matter what I do with my diet, my cells, it's just not going to get to my cells in the full capacity in which I'm giving it. Oh, the other supplement is liposomal glutathione. So basically she thinks I have a leaky gut syndrome, which mm. blows my mind. Cause I, I feel like I'm like so healthy and so cautious of the food I put in my body, but I, I believe it. I believe I have a leaky gut in that these um, nutrients are leaching out of my gut and not making its way to my cells. They're not being metabolized mm. correctly. So um, it's not the same thing as being insulin resistant where your cells turn it away. It's my cells aren't, just aren't taking it in because there's, I have roadblocks. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And, and I was going to ask you about the, the gut part of it, you know, gut health, if you think that is playing a part, because that would make sense. Because if you're not properly breaking down these nutrients to, to a form that you can absorb it correctly into the cells, right. then, you know, that's going to create an issue right there. But is, can you be tested for that? Or are you going to be, or have you, can you be tested for leaky gut? Yeah. I think there, there are tests for leaky gut, but I think it's more, um, looking at other, my other blood work that sort of paints a bigger picture. Uh -huh. I've been with my doctor for many, many years. So she has a really good 
uh, grip on how my body works, especially my thyroid and my hormones. So this is a 90 day protocol that I'm doing to see if it changes anything. Um, I don't feel the anxiety. I don't feel depression. I feel very like I'm in a very happy mood. And so when you're in a really happy mood all the time, not all the time, but most of the time, um, that tells me that my health, my gut health is pretty good, right? Because our neurotransmitters, most of them are made in our gut. And if our gut is not in a healthy position, it's not going to manufacture these neurotransmitters that are going to help us feel like we're in a good mood. Um, my body composition being on carnivore, I was, I've always been a thin person, but my body composition has changed. I've lost body fat and I've turned it into muscle. So I'm very happy with that. My libido even though I'm on hormone replacement therapy. So now I do take progesterone in the evening mm -hmm. and I, and I still take the testosterone every day. I don't take estrogen yet. Um, my libido is amazing. I feel great. Um, my energy levels are great. My brain focus is of a huge concern to me because of the Alzheimer's gene. So I have three, four. So I've got the two LLs that, you know, number four is the worst. So it doesn't mean I'm gonna get Alzheimer's but it certainly increases my risk. So I'm always very careful and mindful about the way I eat. I don't drink any alcohol because of the MTHFR genetic mutation and because of the Alzheimer's gene that I have. Mm -hmm. So I stopped drinking all that, I wasn't a big, drinker anyway. So that wasn't a hard lifestyle change for me to make, but I did commit to say no more, no meaning when I'm out to dinner, not even a sip of wine because it wrecks me the next day. I'm very sensitive to alcohol. Yeah, I am too, actually. Not yeah. that it stops me, mind you. <laughs> well, so that's the thing. How many people do we work with? And do we know that know some that no, they're doing something that is not benefiting them. So it's almost like if I'm going to spend this money and this time and this energy into blood work, into supplements, mm -hmm. into my diet, I need to really be mindful of not, not bringing other things in. They're going to mess up that equation that I'm working so hard to maintain. And that's, that's how I am though. Obviously there's many people who struggle with making those lifestyle changes. And one of the reasons why I wanted to be a health coach because I saw how difficult my journey was and how much of a commitment you have to make to yourself to take the steps necessary to try to reach an optimal health you know, status for yourself, which is always what I've wanted to do for myself. I don't Absolutely. like not feeling, yeah, I don't like not feeling great. I want to feel great. Mm -hmm. And you know, in your situation, I would hundred percent be just like that. I kind of fall in the category that, yeah, I have some issues, but for the most part, it's not that detrimental to, I'm not saying it's good, but to, you know, go offline here a little there. Some people just flat can't like ever. 
or they're going to, they're going to suffer, especially like with mental conditions and stuff like that, autoimmune issues, um, you know, that it's just not worth it. And I absolutely hundred percent agree with you, you know, by no means do I advocate doing, you know, stuff that, you know, is not good for you, but right. That's uh yeah, I, I know quite a few people who are in that boat who just absolutely can not do that, or they're going to majorly suffer consequences. It's not just the next day, not feeling good. It's a long time, not feeling good. And yep. it sets them back way back. And it's just not worth it. It's just not right. I, I have daily goals. I have things I want to do in my life. I have clients that mm-hmm. I want to help. I have kids I want to be with. I have, you know, my personal life and I want to be active. And I wear a whoop. So if anyone out there has a whoop, whoop, um, I love it because it tracks my my heart rate variability. It tracks my sleep. I really got it for my sleep. And when I first got it, I think I was still drinking a little wine. And without the wine, I'm at like an 85 to 98% recovery on my sleep. If I take two sips of wine, not even a half a glass, <laughs> two sips, right? I'm at like a 38% recovery Wow! and it, and it takes me days to recover from that. Wow. Not worth it. I wear my aura ring and mm-hmm. I can track that too. And I will say that after I drink alcohol and it's not like I drink that much the next day, my heart rate variability is off. My uh, temperature is a little off mm-hmm. and my uh, overall uh, sleep wellness, whatever you want to call it is, is low. So it absolutely yep. does affect you. Absolutely. Yep. If I don't get my sleep and if I aren't, if I'm not maintaining my supplements and maintaining my diet and exercise and I have the, a bad sleep, I will the next day roam around my house and get nothing done because I won't be able to focus. It affects me in mm-hmm. such a deep way. And I feel then not being able to focus makes me feel anxious, depressed, you know, you just, you lose your, your mojo. Yeah. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. No. Yeah. Yeah. It it really does suck, you know, having to do above and beyond what Mm -hmm. diet, especially when you hear all these success stories, how people just all of a sudden, they're just awesome. You know, after they, you know, did a particular diet, whatever Mm -hmm. it might, might be. And, and, and it is true. I mean, these people really do have these results. And so you're kind of expecting that result, but yes, you're doing way better than you would have, but it's still not quite enough to get you to that optimal range. I'm always, you know, I watch a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I watch YouTube videos. I, you know, read books from doctors. I'm always wondering, you know, are they giving us the full picture of their life? Are, what are they doing? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the client portal. You can only get in with the code. What are they doing behind the client portal? Right. What's their, what's their real life look like? Are they taking pharmaceuticals? Are they taking supplements? I think it's really rare to find someone who's so incredibly optimized that doesn't take anything. Yeah. And it's, it's not my reality. And I don't, I don't have any clients where that's a reality either, especially women who are going through perimenopause and menopause. I mean, you, I'm not going to say everybody needs hormone replacement therapy, but lots of women will benefit from it 
and bioidenticals has worked for me. And I understand there's a fear of taking these things, but to me, the fear is on the outside of that theory of not taking anything and what my life would look like. What would I feel like? What would I not be able to achieve? I agree. Um, yeah, I, I need to get my testosterone uh, checked again because when I was doing the hormone replacement, the pellets, um, I had pretty much no testosterone. I mean, like it after was you just after you had the pellets. N- no, before. Uh, that's before, why. I that's was how putting, I was. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that was tested because I was just having some issues. I don't remember what it was, and my OBGYN said, "Oh well, no wonder you have like no testosterone." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh yay!" So when I did the pellets, it. I mean, I did feel a lot better. I did, um, but the, what I had to go through in the process, I hated going to the doctor. Number one, I admit it. I'm one of those people. I would rather like pull a tooth than have to go to a doctor or a dentist, just, just do it myself, whatever, jab myself with a needle, whatever. But I just, uh, you know, I just don't. And so having to go often enough, it was like, you know, I couldn't go a full three months. It was close, but couldn't quite go that. And to me, that was just too much. And then the, the putting them in, oh my God. And I would have a bruise this big, like yeah. this big on my butt. And it, and I, every time I'd said, I'd be like, eh, you know, trying to eh, adjust. And it was like, right. you know what? I'm over it. And yeah, the libido picked up and that was great. But then it was like, ow, stop. Ah, don't eat, you know, and so it was kind of like defeated the purpose really. It was like, eh. And so I just quit taking it, but, um, I had my testosterone checked and it was not as bad as it was. So I don't know if the carnivore diet helped or not, but I'm going to get it tested again because I'm real curious. Oh, the, the, car- the carnivore diet absolutely helps optimize your libido, but it just depends. Where's your starting point? Like, exactly. If you're like below ground, it was it pretty might, bad. It's not going to be enough. Right. right? And yeah. then you have, and then you have to think about, well, uh, how, how good, how are your cells bringing in all the nutrients? Like how good of a job are they doing for you? I am so, so curious about that. Yeah. Oh. There's so many variables. And when we go to traditional doctors, um, they aren't the best at that because they haven't, they didn't study it. It's, you know, it's not on their list of blood work to get done. They don't think out of the box like that. And when I get new clients and if they're in middle age, especially if they're coming to me saying, I really want to lose weight and I'm eating a salad. I mean, I'm like, I'm barely eating and I'm not losing weight. The, the first thing I suggest is to go see a functional medicine doctor to get a deep dive into blood work because I could help you on the nutrition end and I can help you make those lifestyle changes, but we have to respect what's going on in our biology. If things aren't working right, you could be doing all the right things and it's not gonna matter. The needle's not gonna move. So especially for my middle-aged women, I always suggest, you know, get a deep dive. I, I have a list of blood tests that I give them to give to their doctor if their doctor isn't familiar. Now, you know, the unfortunate thing about functional medicine is it's cash pay. So it can be very expensive. So there is a way to do this with, you know, your traditional doctor. If they're open-minded 
to add on certain tests. Yeah, we're, we're kind of in the market uh, looking for a doctor because our doctor retired and he was kind of cool. I mean, he wasn't really, you know, he was a typical doctor, but he, he did listen and he spent time with you. And, you know, like when I lost a bunch of weight and he was so proud of me, he was high five me, he was excited and my blood work was good. And he was so excited and, you know, he knew I was doing keto and he said, you know, um, that's awesome. Great. But just be careful. Don't do it too long. You know, those kind of things. So, you know, but uh, anyway, he retired. And so we've been looking for a new one and the doctor, there's like a couple of doctors, whatever that took over the business. And like I said, I'm really horrible. It's been, I don't know, three or four years and I still don't have a doctor, but uh, <laughs> I just, you know, it's one of those things. Anyway, um, my husband decided he needed to get some stuff taken care of. So he went to the doctor at this new one and was kind of asking questions and stuff and then kind of did a little bit of research. And this doctor was like, you know, using nutrition as therapy. Right. And I was like, Oh my gosh, bam, this is awesome plant-based. <laughs> I'm like, dang it. I got so excited, but yeah, whatever. So yeah, I'm still for the search. He's thinking he's just going to go ahead and stick with them and me. No, I'm too stubborn. Not going to do it. No, I don't think I could go to a plant-based doctor. No, 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 no. no. I'm not going there. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I have a, uh, I don't know, a mistrust, whatever you want to call it, uh, with, with doctors. And I think it's because of something in the past, whatever, but I, I don't trust and, you know, to find somebody that I feel comfortable with is, is difficult. And that one doctor I did feel comfortable with, even though I didn't necessarily agree with everything, I felt comfortable with him. And when he left, I was devastated because I was right. like, I, I can't, I can't do this again because I just have no trust and with good reason. But uh, yeah, so I think it's very difficult to find the right fit for you. I am not interested in a doctor that says, no, you're going to do it my way or no way, because I'm the professional, you Mm -hmm. know, that see ya, I will get up and walk straight on out because that is just not okay with me. But a lot of people accept that. Well, the, the, the great thing, one of the positives about the pandemic is that lots of people went online and there's yes. telehealth. So <laughs> right. it's, and you can go to a local hospital uh, to have your blood drawn, right? That your doctor mm-hmm. who might be in Arizona and you're in Texas can pr- tell you which blood work and prescribe it, right? Mm-hmm. And order yes. or put the order in and you can go get it done and have a consultation with him or her. I love that actually. Mm-hmm. That works better for me. It's less yeah. stress. Yeah. So, so my kids, of course, I've had them all tested for everything. And three of them have the Alzheimer's gene, three or four of them have the MTHFR. So they all eat more animal based. They're not carnivores, but they're heavy animal based eaters. Um, And I have them sometimes work with people like in LA, you know, maybe there's a cool peptide therapy doctor out there that I want my one of my kids to work with because he has something specific going on. And I can't find that in Chicago. You know, you think Chicago is this amazing city, but in the world of functional medicine, Chicago is really far behind. I could see that. Yeah. Really far behind. There's pockets of it. Um, but it's, it's not as well known here. So it's, 
it's a struggle finding the right fit. I'm fortunate to have the right fit for myself. Um, but yeah, telehealth is, is fabulous. I agree. I yeah. love that. And, and I know some really great doctors and I'm just kind of deciding what I'm going to do. Cause I may go mm-hmm. that route because that would just right. be better personally for me. Right. Um, and a lot of stress, but the problem is like you said, a, a lot of these doctors that you'd be interested in won't take insurance. No. And so that becomes a problem. Um, but yeah, oh, since you've kind of dealt with this, what would you tell somebody um, what to look for when they're trying to find the right fit doctor for them? What are some things that they should kind of check out? I think what's really important is knowing your why. Why are you seeking out a doctor? What is your health goal? What, where, what's your vision? What's your plan? Where do you want to be? And then finding... Um, a doctor who matches that formula for yourself. In terms of finding that person, you know, it's that's really hard because if you live in like rural Iowa, right? And you're on a farm, but you have a goal and you are really into biohacking and you wanna be optimized and use more of holistic um, methods of getting there, you know, where are you gonna go, right? And also where do you search? So I will tell you there is, um, the school I went to called the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy is under the umbrella of IFM, which is the Institute for Functional Medicine, where all the functional medicine doctors go to get further certifications in different areas. And on their website, so it's ifm.com or ifm.org, on their website, you can look up a functional medicine doctor in your area. Mm. And it will also tell you if they do telehealth or not, which most mm. of them So that's, that's a resource that I send people to. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Okay. There are a lot of people now who can order their own tests, right? Like, and you can get a CGM and you can measure your blood glucose. You can, you can measure your uric acid. You can, you know, have these vitamin tests done. You can do it yourself. You don't even need a doctor. Okay. So a lot of people are doing this. Well, there I've seen a lot of controversy here lately, especially with the CGM where some doctors are saying, Oh my gosh, you should absolutely not be having a CGM. If you're not diabetic, you have no business having one because it just, no, you it's, and it's almost like a derogatory, like you were not intelligent enough to figure out what it means. If your blood does a certain thing, I guess, I'm not really sure, but they, they're, they're like really playing it down. What is your attitude about people testing? to find out different things because you, you basically went through a doctor, but I'm not sure what you've done on your own to find out for your own self. I am not a huge proponent of doing things on your own because this is what happens. People think they're saving money by getting these. um, And some of the tests are great and extremely reliable. Many of them are, but then what happens is people get the results and they go online and they go into chat rooms, right? Or Facebook groups, and they start putting down the results. And then people who are not qualified 
<laughs> to answer them and co-pilot their journey, start telling them what it means, what to do. You should do this. You should take that. You need to do X, Y, and Z. That's the problem with it for me. So I am fine if you want to go get all these tests on your own, but bring the results back to your primary care physician, whoever that is, and have somebody have a pair of eyes on that who knows you, who's been you know, serving as your care physician so that they can help you be put into the right direction to heal yourself. Right. Yeah, that, that is very true. And sometimes, you know, like I was asked not too long ago, oh, well, what is your thyroid? You know, what, what were your tests on the thyroid? And I was like, okay, I'll, whatever they were, they were good. So I put them all down and then, you know, different people kind of jumped in, you know, I'm just like, okay. But I think, you know, one thing that's good about the, using the CGM, for instance, uh, at least with the company I went through, they had a dietitian that worked with you. And these dietitians were very versed with carnivore and keto and, and, and the different, not, not just that, but, but all the different diets. And so they could kind of adjust what you're seeing and they could explain to you. And so that's what I did. I, I loved it because I actually had a dietitian work with me and one that wasn't, you know, oh, well, you have to do it, the food pyramid. And if you don't, then blah, 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 whatever. Right. And she was able to break everything down for me. And I thought that was amazing. And it helped me greatly and, and, and to understand how my body was functioning, my insulin, my glucose, et cetera. And, you know, based on her experience and what she knew, she could kind of tell me, even though, you know, you don't see what your insulin is doing, she could say, based on my response, it, it appears that blah, 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 whatever. So I thought that was very cool. Right. And most of these companies do send you the results and then you're supposed to call and talk to a counselor or some representative mm -hmm. and they give you a short, you know, 20 minute phone call. But some people are, have such complex health issues mm -hmm. that you need to look at the whole picture. And so that person, that representative, representative of that test is not looking at the whole picture. So they're also trained to be very careful in terms of what they tell you and what they don't tell you, right? Because they don't want to be liable, right? For telling you to do, oh, them. sure, yeah. right. They're not going to tell you to go take anything, but, but I, so I, I see these conversations unfold on the internet and I'm just like, whoa, you know, we'll everyone, go, go. everyone needs to just stop and just everyone needs to go back to their primary care physician or their functional medicine doctor or their naturopath and talk about the results and come up with a plan. It, but it's important that you find somebody you trust absolutely. because I don't, I just absolutely do not trust. And so, you know, to find that, that special person, oh God, I can't even imagine. I've tried finding functional doctors around here. There was one, but he wasn't taking new patients but I'm going to try that resource. Cause that's that maybe you never know. Yeah. You know what? I'll offline. I will help you find somebody. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't need to go very often. I mean, at right, all, right. but, but it's, you but, should, you should go annually and have like, a, you know, a, a baseline, you know, like when, yeah, to where I know that I have somebody established, I guess right. is my thing because right, right now I'm in Oops. Okay. I don't have a doctor. I really don't. 
none. And so, you know, anything that major would happen, I'd just go to one of the, um, not ERs, but, uh, right. The clinics, whatever that's, that's what I do, right. which I don't go, but you know, if I had to, I would, but I think it's like, I think it's so important if people are listening to this and have younger kids, maybe around 18 to 21 year olds, it's really important to get a deep dive on the blood work then because they're probably feeling really good, right? Most kids between 18 and 21, unless they're, they have an autoimmune disease or they're battling obesity or whatever it is, right? Right, exactly. But even then get a baseline look at what you're at then. So when, as you age, you have something to look back on. Oh, when I was 20, my levels were here and I felt great. It doesn't mean you can't ever get back there again when you're 55, right? But it's just going to be a different journey to get there. That's, that's a great advice. <laughs> that is really great because if you have nothing to compare to. Exactly. It makes it You've, very difficult. Right. And even that's, for, even for my clients, I, I always want them to get blood work because a year from then, if they've, if they've changed certain lifestyle habits, changed their diet, put in exercise, getting better sleep, doing all the right things in a year, when they get another annual blood work, it's going to look different. And they're going to be like, ah, wow, it really does work. When you, sometimes people need to see things on paper. I like to see mm-hmm. results on paper because that, too. that motivates me. Like, yeah. ah, I, I look like this now I'm going to do the carnivore diet in 90 days. I'm going to get blood work done. And guess what? There was an increase in how I feel, how I feel is better. And my blood work looks better. So something in that 90 days that I, wherever I made those changes worked and helped me, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to maintain this. And then you have like where you get a random test done and the results don't look so great. Right. But if you have nothing to compare it to, how do you know that, that these bad results aren't 10 times better than what they were? So you were on the right track. You right. just haven't, you know, got there yet. Right. But if you don't have something to check it against, you don't have a baseline. You right. have no clue. Exactly. Yeah. I'll always be working on things. I'll, there's, mm. there's always going to be challenges, right? As we age, as we move through, as women move through menopause, things are always, every day we wake up, our hormones look different. Oh. I'm always going to be trying to manage and mitigate health issues by staying on top of the, mm-hmm. the healthy lifestyle habits, mm-hmm. getting my blood work done to see where I'm deficient. What do I need to take to help that deficiency and just keep, keep going. And it becomes a lifestyle. It's really hard to make these lifestyle changes at first, but when you see results, when you feel better when you see things going in the right direction, it motivates you even more to maintain and keep moving forward. I agree. And and then it's not so much of, it's not, it's not so much work. Like it is, it's always more work in the beginning, right. Of making any change, but then it becomes your new normal. Mm -hmm. I could almost kick myself though, that I I've been wanting for a couple of years to do that calcium arterial scan, you know, to see see what the plaque, the calcium plaque, whatever. And I didn't do it, but I've been, you know, carnivore over two years. So I have no clue. Like 
regardless of what my results are, I have no clue if it's good or not. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it could have been really bad. And then all of a sudden now it's a lot better or, you know, was it the diet? What? So I have nothing to compare it to other than, right. you know, just the score itself. So I'm kind of bummed about that. I wished I would have just done it, but I kept putting it off. And then I was like, yeah, whatever. And, and yeah. now I have, I, I like that test. I took that test about six months ago and I, my CAC score came out as a zero. And my father died of heart disease and, but he also lived a really crappy lifestyle, you know, drank alcohol, took pills for every ailment he had. Um, Yeah. He was a carnivore. He ate a lot of carnivore based, right? He ate Mm -hmm. potatoes too. Right. But, but he smoked, he was sedentary and um, my my two brothers and I have always had high cholesterol. And my doctor said, all right, I'm fine with you going carnivore, but further in, I want you to get the CAC test. And I did. And I was like, ha, see, zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My I husband can't... just did that uh, uh-huh. uh, almost two weeks ago. He still hasn't mm. got his results back, um, but he's kind of like, I think that kind of happy they haven't come back yet because he has a feeling it's not going to be so great. He's been really, really, really bad here lately with the pandemic and all this mess. And um, because he was really good. And I told him, I said, if that doesn't come back, well, guess what? (laughs) (laughs) Into the doghouse. I take control of the diet. And he's right. Right. (laughs) He has a feeling it is, but it's a relatively inexpensive test too. Yeah. Um, It was only like 75 bucks. Oh, here in Chicago, it's like $49. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's even better. Wow. Right. Right. So I'm sure there's probably cheaper places, but right. But it's accessible. It's quick. It's Mm non-invasive and it's just, I'm in the belief of the more information you can gather about your body, the better it's going to be for you to make decisions. See, and that's where I was going with my earlier comment about the testing, because yeah. some people really have an attitude about uh, testing, what do you, all this testing, you know, and I feel like the more information you have about your body, the better you can make decisions like what you were saying. It's and, a and map. To make changes. Your blood work and whatever other tests you do is all a map to your optimal health equation, which is everything. It's everything. It's everything. It's everything everything. to us. Right. But it might not be to someone else yet. They might still be contemplating where they want to make changes. Do they really want to enter into this world? I mean, you can go real deep into blood work, right? You know? Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it can, to me, it can be like a tattoo. It can be kind of addicting. Right. right? I'm like, whenever I go to my functional medicine doctor's office, I'm like, all right, so what's new, what, what new, like things are going on in the biohacking world. Right. Like I'll be the Guinea. I'm always the Guinea pig. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of, uh, it's fun too, in a way, um, you know, just because you have that information and a lot of people don't. Right. And so you kind of know, it's like, oh, well, that's not my issue because I've been blah, 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 you know? Right. And so, and you can start ruling out things, you know, and that's through the testing I've done. I've been able to rule out some things 
um, because I'm having some issues and it's probably just all menopausal kind of stuff, but, you know, I have my thyroid tested. I've had, you know, different stuff like that and the vitamins and, you know, all this. And so I was able to kind of weed stuff out, but, you know, now I'm ready for the next Well, right. One. So that's what I was talking about earlier. You know, my whole journey here I am eating carnivore, feeling really good. Mm-hmm but still not optimized. And my functional medicine doctor and I were like, okay, what's one more thing I can look at? And she said, micronutrient testing. Let's see if your cells are, are reacting well with the nutrients coming in and guess what they're not. And that was the issue. And so if your cells aren't absorbing all of the nutrients and utilizing them, that's when negative things are happening, right? Like hair shedding. Right. Right. And so if I'm eating all this protein, but my cells aren't utilizing all of the amino acids and those aren't going up to my hair follicles, no wonder my hair follicles are probably like, what the heck? Like you just ate a huge ribeye, but we're getting nothing, <laughs> we're getting nothing up here, you know, like help. So, you know, thank goodness we, we thought about that and, and did that. And it was like this huge aha moment. Like that was like the missing piece to my puzzle. And say, I'm not gonna lie, I am so interested in that. I'm just curious. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. So the, the lab that does it, the lab that I know that does it is called Spectra Cell Laboratories. Hmm. Interesting. And they give you this really well done graphic um wow. printout, this report. I mean, it shows you how things are. You know, it, it's like your Krebs cycle. I don't know if you can see this, but oh, it, wow. shows, it shows you exactly like where your deficiencies are falling on your Krebs cycle. And whoa, you know, and and do you think it's really accurate? Neat. Absolutely. Wow, that's really cool. It that makes perfect. It, I'm looking at it, and it makes perfect sense with all the genetic mutations that I have. Hmm. It makes perfect sense to me. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. We are about out of time, but if you were to give uh, somebody advice uh, dealing with their health, if they're having some issues, what would be the best advice you would give them? I would say to build your team wisely. Like you're talking about not being, having such a hard time finding the right doctor, building your team, making sure you have a primary care physician, a functional medicine doctor, or a natural, whichever direction you want to go for healthcare, make sure you have someone that you trust, that you can talk to, that you don't feel rushed with, that you don't feel inhibited by, and in feeling like you're complaining again about the same thing. Someone that you can go to and, and have the hard conversations and build that plan and someone who's going to help co-pilot that plan for you. Maybe you're struggling and you need a therapist, making sure you have somebody um, to help you with your mental health because going through health issues and making lifestyle changes is very hard and, and can be overwhelming. Maybe you need a health coach on board to help you find that motivation within yourself to make those changes. And maybe you're new to working out or you've been working out, but you're not seeing the results you want and getting a physical train, a a fitness trainer to help you stay more motivated or help you reach your goals. So my advice is build your team. Everybody needs a team. It's really a lonely path and a really hard path to go on. Mm -hmm. 
by yourself. 100% agree. Great advice. <laughs> well, Jill, it has been fun. Thank you so much for coming on. And hey, y'all, while you're here, subscribe to my channel and then go follow Jill. I'll have everything below. So no worries. Well, thank you so much, Amber. What a pleasure talking to you. You're super cool and love talking to you on and off the camera. <laughs> right back at you. You're awesome. <laughs> thank you so much. And you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.